and what I really want, and having the courage to express that in the world, then trusting the results. It's not always an easy journey, but I've been fortunate to have the piercing insight of my compassionate and fierce friend, Robert Rabin. I want you to have Robert's compassionate, fierce, piercing insight in your life, too. And that's why I published this audiobook. Listen to his words, and most especially the spaces between his words. It'll be the end of the world as you've known it. Phenomenal possibilities await. Lisa Duff, Boulder, Colorado, December 2009. Chapter 1. Free Will. There is a mysterious aspect of existence which does not lend itself to resolution. An editor asked me to respond to his question about free will. He wrote, There appear to be two schools of thought relative to the issue of free will. One is like J. Krishnamurti's, which implies we have a kind of free will which we can use to break through delusion, and the other is like Ramesh Balsakar's, which says there is no free will at all, and that all is predetermined, even the desire to break through. Somehow, my gut instinct tells me that life is like an improvisation rather than being a fixed script, and while I once had a powerful experience of being lived by life, it still felt like an improvisation, a potential rather than a fixed plan. This also accords with quantum physics. What is your view of this issue? Here is my response to him. Assuming a conclusive or definitive answer can be given, how will such an answer help you in your actual life? Are your freedom, clarity, and joy dependent upon knowing for sure the answer to this dilemma? I wonder if, in the midst of your experience of being lived by life, you had the thought that life was a potential rather than a fixed plan. I suspect you did not. I suspect that you had these thoughts later while looking in the rearview mirror and seeing the image of your experience behind you, in the past. The key to resolving this question is in your phrase, two schools of thought. There are many schools of thought, countless schools. Do these schools of thought arise in the timeless realm of being lived by life, or do they come about through the mind's need to define explain, and order what is beyond itself. There is a mysterious aspect of existence which does not lend itself to resolution. We do not have a problem with this when our minds are still and when we feel the silence of life as a fact, as a living presence. Our quiet mind falls deeper into its source, and the existential questions about life are resolved as the mind relaxes like a lion dozing in the hot sun. The questions relax and stretch out, and then they disappear. When our mind awakens into activity, it contracts from this openness, becomes preoccupied and tense with thoughts, and then the direct experience of life becomes a memory existing within us as an image. In this contracted condition, we pick up our books and enter one school or another. The problem is that we can't really find out what life is through thoughts, concepts, and beliefs. Schools of thought, though they be lucid, convincing, dramatic, do not have the reach to touch life directly. If we are in the contracted state, it becomes important to know the answer to your question. We think that such knowing will make a difference in how we live, but this is not true. I guarantee you that neither Krishnamurti nor Ramesh lived their lives while thinking about their respective beliefs about free will. What they said was just what they said in class. After all, they are teachers and they have to say something, but that doesn't mean they know what they're talking about. We have to learn to live in life without tension or stress, 
without contracting into the mind and its language of thought, concept, and belief. Try as it might, the mind is not equipped to know life directly, but only indirectly, after the fact. The resolution of the dilemma of free will cannot be achieved within the sphere of the mind. Whatever conceptual answer one decides to hold on to will provide temporary security for the mind only, but the answer will have no relationship whatsoever to actual life as it happens. Whether we are experiencing life directly or whether we are experiencing thoughts and beliefs about life, the simple fact is that our lives unfold in a mysterious way, mysterious in the sense of not being knowable. Please examine your own life carefully. At certain times, will or self-effort arises spontaneously within you to accomplish certain tasks. At other times, in spite of your strongest efforts, nothing is forthcoming, not a single puff of wind, dead calm. At other times, things fly.